The warjacks lumbered toward them, each step of their heavy gates vibrating the ground beneath Jake's feet. Despite being entirely mechanical, the fluid manner in which they moved made them seem more like armored beasts than machines. Even the rhythmic pumping of their pressurized steam boilers projected the appearance of living, breathing creatures. Responsible for this illusion was the spherical cortex buried deep within each warjack's iron hull. Though primitive in its capacity compared to a human brain, this magical brain gave warjacks lifelike control of their constructed forms. They could learn and store memories and were even capable of developing unique personalities. The newest of these three warjacks had been in service more than two decades, and age had rendered each one a distinct temperament Jake's had come to know well. The centurion carried itself proudly. Jake's knew from experience that it fought methodically, preferring precise, calculated strikes over more energy-intensive attacks. The much lighter lancer was shamelessly sneaky, a trait rare for its class of frontline fighter. It eschewed head-to-head combat in favor of ambush tactics, and she had observed in it a predilection toward petulant behavior. Finally, there was the ironclad, which Jake's had secretly named Bunker after its propensity to end up face down in the dirt. Bunker was Jake's antithesis in every way, possessing neither grace nor style, and since the ironclad had been assigned as her personal warjack, she had come to regard it as her greatest nemesis. Sir, Jake's asked, already knowing the answer, should we go over that last parry-strike combination again? I feel like I could get through it a little faster, maybe add a bit of a twist. She pantomimed the motions with theatrical flourish. Your speed and form are perfect. Your execution is perfect, Sturgis stated. Your command of Wardax is not. Jake's thought that was a gross understatement of her situation. It had been three months since she had arrived at Fort Falk with Sturgis, and not a day had passed that they did not train save for those spent on patrol or engaged in one of the frequent border skirmishes that plagued this region. Jake's never grew weary of the exercises, and she felt her combat skills growing daily. But though the martial arts and even spellcasting came easily to her, controlling warjacks did not. Establish your bond, Sturgis told her. Her nose wrinkled. Bunker again? she asked instantly aware that it sounded more like a protest than intended. Sturgis gave her an odd look. She hadn't shared her nickname for the Jack. Um, the Ironclad, right? He didn't answer. The pairing was simply assumed. It was always Bunker. The Ironclad tracked her with its expressionless gaze as she crossed the training area to meet it. Looks like you and me again she muttered as she reached for Bunker's chest and stared up into its amber eyes. The moment her palm made contact, her eyes pulsed with light and the warjack's eyes flashed blue in response. She was instantly overcome with the familiar sensation of falling, not backward, but forward into the warjack, passing through it. Light and sound faded as the consciousness of the two merged. She felt Bunker's steam pumping through her veins and its fire burning within her chest. Her muscles tensed, ready to explode into motion, and her flesh tightened until it felt as hard as iron. There was no discomfort, no pain, only a euphoric feeling of power and absolute invincibility. A heartbeat later, she was staring at her own face through the warjack's eyes. 
and then her senses became her own again. The invisible bond between Jake's and the ironclad was created at the speed of thought. Now this walking weapon of mass destruction would execute her every command, more or less.